you don't encounter language games. You don't encounter the you you encounter what he calls empirical propositions, and we have to learn what they mean and try to figure out what the rules are. We never really just barely encounter a language game. It's it's a difficult process. So when it's like, what what kind of language game is is Dugan playing? What kind of language game is the Dep Herd trial? Right, like. You have to look at the we statements. You have that. to try to classify them. Objection. <laughs> yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Overruled. So, yeah, really, in the end, I guess, to uh, kind of conclude this a little bit, it's about what you think the world is. Because if you take Leotard and accept his description here, then there has never actually been a real narr meta narrative. Real meta-narratives were a result of uh, a marriage between states and then state philosophy or, or knowledge, really, and generally, not just philosophers, but scientists, whatever, uh, the church, you could say. So it's a meta-narrative was always artificial, and what there's always been is language games. It's just that some language games were so dominant that we couldn't see that there was a world of language games underneath them. Um, and the postmodern condition, especially with the dissolution of state authority because of uh, capital mainly, the dissolution of that shows that, you know, it's always been language games all along, always has. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know how to set it up in a way to talk about where the progress narrative came from, but Leotard does argue that postmodernism kind of comes before modernism. It's like it's almost like postmodernism was the condition of modernism's possibility. And then modernism reached a certain level of development and the cracks started to emerge in the sort of unifying narratives that are pulling in so many different things, right? Technology, science, economy, morality, religion, progress, all of these sorts of things are being bundled together into a single narrative in modernism. And then when you start to realize they don't work together very well, you know, after major shocks, right? Like obviously, obviously World War II and the Shoah and all the emerging realizations on top of the student riots and on top of all these other major events, you know, we lose faith in the narrative. That's that's the sort of key moment, I guess, is losing faith in the grand narratives. We don't believe in them anymore. And so we need to shift our perspective when we're talking about things now. Because do we, I mean, you can just ask people the question, do you, do you believe in progress? Is progress a thing? Do you believe that every tomorrow is better than every yesterday and we are on some kind of upward ramp towards something better. And then, you know, you can say decline. We understand, oh, there, there's decline, right? There's backsliding, okay. But that's understood in relation to progress. So there's two things, there's progress and there's decline. There's nothing in the middle. There's no just sheer play. There's no just direction for right. the sake of direction. There's either progress or there positive or there's decline, negative. Do, do we believe in these two things? anymore progress and its derivatives or is it something else is the Whoops. world a kind of messier place than that 
and especially just, uh, in how important that narrative has been to the development of, again, so-called modern society, right? We still use terms like the developed world and the developing worlds. We still use, we're, we're still approaching the climate debates like, you know, the developing world needs to catch up. We need to give them our technology and send them money and help them to catch up to us moderns, right? Do we believe in that anymore? And Leotard seems to think not. 